0: And Lord bless you. You may be seated. If you weren't here this morning, I apologize. Um, Time and chance do not afford me the opportunity to rewind and start over. Um, But it will, I assume, be on podcast um, in a few days or a week or so. I'm not sure what our timing is, but it'll be on podcast soon. So if you're interested in catching up, please please check our podcast out and uh, we'll catch up. But the topic we're talking about is the blessing of having a pastor. And um, <clears throat> just so that you feel a little bit more comfortable and it feels a little bit more normal to you, I'm going to start by rereading our main scripture text that we started with Brother Malone, and that's in 1 Peter chapter number 5. And it reads, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse number 1 says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples or examples to the flock. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. The two most commonly... Referred to Hebrew words in the church. I bet some of you didn't know you spoke Hebrew every time you came to church. Amen. Just a little trivia for you. The blessing of having a pastor. There is a spiritual benefit and blessing to having a shepherd to shepherd us and to watch over our souls. Uh, one of the five traits of shepherding that is seen in God's holy writ <clears throat> we covered this morning, and that was that shepherds are rescuers. And <clears throat> so we closed with that this morning in how that the blessing of having a pastor is that we don't have to worry about being consumed or devoured by the wolf. For the Bible tells us in John chapter 10 and verse number 11, Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and just in case you don't understand what a hireling is, a hireling is, is a pastor or a preacher that stands behind the pulpit week in and week out and it is just purely a job. They draw a paycheck, they draw some benefits, and they clock in and they clock out. They don't care about you. That's a hireling. But we agreed this morning, those of us that were here, that the position of a pastor is a God-called position. We agreed this morning that the position of ministry behind a pulpit is a God-called position. And we also agreed that our pastor specifically is God-called for this assembly for this hour. But he that is an hireling, continue in verse number 12, and not the shepherd whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. The blessing, ladies and gentlemen, and this is my rewind for this morning, is that there are things and circumstances that are of a spiritual nature that your pastor gets in front of on a daily basis that we often don't know anything about. There are warfares of a spiritual nature that he goes to God in prayer for and he is praying God's blessings over you and over your household. And because of that prayer, there are circumstances as dismal as they may be in your life. As bad and as negative as our lives can be sometimes on a daily basis. I would dare say this, this evening that things could be worse. If you didn't have a pastor... To pray for you and to pray for God's blessings for you. Because let me give you a little bit of Bible for this in case you're curious. If we rewind back into the earlier portions of the Old Testament, God wanted to destroy all of the people of Israel for their sin. There's only one reason why God didn't wipe mankind off the face of the earth in anger. Only one reason. And it was because of a shepherd. It was because of a man named Moses that said, no, I'll stand in the gap. Moses was protecting his people from the wrath of God. Thank God we have a pastor that will protect us from the wrath of this world. Amen. So, shepherds are feeders feed the sheep if it were not for a shepherd out in the field the sheep would most likely die grass just would not sustain them very well if you if you look at this in terms of shepherds and flocks not in the meadowlands of the United States of America but if you look at it in terms of how and when the Bible was written in the Middle Eastern area of the world, uh, you don't have very many places that are grassy and meadowy and places where an animal could just feed. It's desert, it's rocks, it's hills. So it needed a shepherd to feed them. Shepherds lead the sheep to those open green pastures so that they can find adequate amounts of food. Pastors, in a similar nature, feed God's sheep. That's us, the church. They feed us spiritually through the Word of God. And although Christ and His church have always been and always should be involved in meeting the needs of people physically, meeting spiritual needs is of a much greater importance than putting clothes on my back and shoes on my feet if if i would uh, succumb due to the, the the details of this life to a beggarly portion portion or fashion of life to where my shoes were ragged, my shirt was ripped, and my pants were dirty. And if that was all I had, I know I could come into this assembly and I could bow my knee before a gracious God. And we've got the blessing of a pastor that would pray and would help and would, would give me the bread of life spiritually. Now, we believe in Matthew 25 and we believe that there are, there are plenty of areas and things where that we can help people with physical needs. We believe in clothing the clothless. We believe in putting food on the table of those that have not. We believe in going into prisons and preaching and teaching. You witnessed that just a week ago. We we believe and support all that. But what I'm trying to say tonight is that as important as all of that is, it is much more important that we listen to, adhere to, and obey the preached Word of God because my soul is at stake. And above all else, as the old song says, I must be saved. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Amen. Amen. (coughs) Through Bible-based advice, prayers, preaching, teaching, and whatever else was on the list that we looked at this morning, the pastor provides spiritual food for the flock. I want to move you to Jeremiah chapter 23 where the Bible says, beginning in verse number 1, Woe! There's a lot of verses in Jeremiah that start out with woe. Hey, uh, the, Amen. The weeping prophet, I believe. Uh, there, there's a reason for that. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture," saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them. And will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. It's God's design for us to have a pastor. It is not God's design for us to just wander and meander around the world and try to find ourselves aimlessly in a, in a spiritual sense. It's a blessing to have a pastor that feeds us a, a, a very uh, healthy diet on a regular basis. Every week we come into this house let me speak a little bit more specifically to our pastor. A lot of the things I'm saying are, are general things from the Word of God. But let me be a little specific and, and put a plug in here for Pastor Appreciation Month because he's not here and I have the opportunity to do just that. But uh, our pastor is our pastor. That's a revelation, right? Wow, I'm too deep for you already. Some of you just don't know what to do with that. He's our pastor. That is his number one call and passion. But he's also a sought after evangelist. He's also a conference preacher. I'm telling you there's something to that say, well, I don't know what the big deal is. Let me tell you the big deal. There's thousands of people that love to hear your pastor preach. I know I have a lot of friends that are some of the same friends as his. And then he he knows a whole lot more people that I don't know. But among our mutual acquaintances and friends, I know a lot of people, preachers even, pastors even, Elected officials in our organization even that listen to our podcast on a regular basis because they want to hear what he has to say. Mm. Why is that important? I'm trying to demonstrate for you this evening the, the value of the spiritual diet that you have access to. It's not just, and, and this, this is probably a pathetic analogy, and, and I don't want to be offensive because, uh, well, I just don't want to be offensive, but just bear with me here. You know, years ago, uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in, in kind of the, the backwoods of Kentucky, so I guess I, I have a right to say this. Church was, in some places, all right, I'm not stereotyping, Kentuckians, because I was born and bred there, and I guess uh, to a certain extent I'll always be there, but as Bishop says, I was grafted into the vine so uh, uh, a, a number of years ago, and, and, and I appreciate that. But when I was a child growing up uh, in my father's church where he pastors, I can remember going to various church services where... We'll be careful with my wording here. Bishop, I didn't know this then. But now that I'm older and I look over my shoulder and I I just kind of survey the past just a little bit, there is no way that I would make a conscious choice to visit those assemblies again. Because they had nothing spiritual to offer. It was sing a few songs, sing a few more, sing a few more. (laughs) And then after they had done that, it was, well, who's got a song? And brother or sister so-and-so from the back row would get up and they would work their way to the front and they would sing a song. And they would come back and it's... Who's got a song? And that would go on for what, as a child, seemed like forever. I I think I cut my teeth in my first few forming years of life laying inside a guitar case next to a piano. Literally. That's where I stayed, right beside mom. But it was over and over. And I looked back over my shoulder. Was God good? Yes. What, what, what was God there? Yes, but there were certain elements of those services that I would never want to repeat, such as I don't know what lifestyle brother or sister so and so was living, and they come up here and sing. Let me tell you how serious we and our pastor, under his guidance, takes singing or doing anything on this platform and that is that everything that you see a person do up here has to be representative of what we preach and teach we do not open this up to just anyone because we understand the virtue of hang on with me now we understand the virtue of the scapegoat now what's one got to do with the other in the old testament Aaron would put his hand on the head of the goat and the scapegoat, once a year, the scapegoat would then assume the role of all the sins of the people and wander off in the wilderness and that was the way that God designed in that order to get rid of people's sins. Outside of bloodshed and the tabernacle and all that good stuff. So the scapegoat took the sins away. Alright? What that means is is there is something that transfers from you as a person to another person when you lay hands on someone. If you have the wrong spirit, this isn't in my notes, but I'm feeling it. If you have the wrong spirit, and you're not right with God, and you lay your hand on somebody, kind of liking this. I feel a little bit of old school Pentecost coming back right now. You are transferring spiritually something to that person. Whatever is in you that is not of God is now transferring to them that is not of God. That's why we're sensitive about who prays for people up here. Because not everybody's in a situation in life yet where that they need to be transferring something to someone else. Amen. So it's important. So in a similar way, let me connect the dots here. I haven't forgotten what my point was. In a similar way, when we get up here and we sing and we teach and we preach If we're not right with God. If we're not spiritual and submitted to Him. It's nothing more than a concert. But the only people we come to entertain is the presence of Jesus Christ. So it's important that we're transferring the right thing. So we're sensitive about who sings. We, it's not that we believe that no one else has talent or a voice, but do they have a relationship with God? Because let me tell you something. A relationship with God is better than your talent. So, let me get back on track here. The plane veered off for a moment. Let me give you a word of caution this evening. Don't, please, I'm begging you. Don't walk out of this assembly and tell your pastor, Pastor, I'm going somewhere else because I'm not being fed. I'm begging you tonight. Be man enough, be woman enough, that if you ever desire to leave this church, and we hope you don't, but if you do, do it standing on your own two feet. Because I declare to you tonight with accuracy, you're getting fit. Let me tell you, And I know this is a little different and it's a little slow. I'm teaching on purpose because I just don't have the wind supply to do otherwise tonight. And for that, I apologize. But don't tell your pastor you're not getting fed. I'm not saying this to put a feather in his cap. Doesn't matter who the man is. Any man who's not a hireling that stands here day in and day out, week in and week out, and preaches and teaches to you the Word of God, they are feeding you. Let me tell you what the problem is in 2017. We don't like a good diet. The problem is not the food. The problem is is it has a nutritional value for me spiritually that I don't like. Now, look at me. I am not the spitting image of health. I know that. I'm trying to change a few things. There are a few things in my personal, physical, uh, and natural lifestyle that I'm working on modifying because I want to live a long life. And I also want to be free to worship. But I also understand because I'm not the spitting image of health, I know as a person, as a stereotypical American male, Brother Josh Johnson, I like pizza. I could eat it three days a week, three times a day, seven days a week probably. I like pizza, not a health food. I like chocolate milk. I like soda. There are certain, I love chocolate. I just soon eat chocolate over anything healthy any day of the week. I don't, but I would love to. I have an appetite naturally for things that, Bishop, I know are not good for me. And, and the, the nutritionist will, I believe, according to my reading, uh, and some may, may disagree with this, but some say that certain things are good in uh, moderation. I don't know moderation. <laughs> what is moderation? How do you define it? Where's the line and where's the discipline to say stop? Are you tracking with me? In a spiritual sense, we're getting fed every time pastor steps behind this pulpit. When you feel like you didn't get anything out of it, check your diet. I'll move on. Shepherds are leaders. Here's a common fact about sheep. Sheep are wanderers. If you leave a sheep to his or her own devices, this is what they do. There's Roman. What are you doing, sheep? Oh, I'm just walking. Where are you going? Oh, I don't know. You need to know where you're going. In a spiritual application, you need to know where you're going. Sheep are wanderers. They don't have a strong sense of direction. They need someone to guide them. The pastor sets the direction for the local church. He leads us into a deeper dimension of God's spirit as we grow in him. He must direct us toward things that will aid our spiritual walk. It is his job, ladies and gentlemen, to push you out of your comfort zone. That's why at the beginning of every year we have a media fast. That's not only for purification, but that's getting us into an area where the, we're not so comfortable. And instead of Facebook, it's his book. Hebrews 13, 17. That's right. You say it, boy. Appreciate that help. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you. I'm just allowing that to soak in a little bit because I started with the word obey. And I know that's a dirty word in 2017. This would be a much easier lesson to deliver if it was 1950. But obedience and submission have become cuss words for some people. They they just, they, they don't want to hear them. I didn't write it, folks. I'm just the mailman. The Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they, that's your pastor, may do it with joy and not with grief. For that, the grief, for that is unprofitable for you. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. This is Paul speaking to Timothy, his son in the gospel, but in his role as a pastor. That he continue in those things, and in doing so, he would not only save himself, but those that hear him. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How shall a man hear? I'm quoting Bible right now. How shall a man hear except he have a preacher? It's a blessing to have a pastor. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Goes back to the diet. We're often willing to follow pastor, and we'll juke and jive, and we'll hook a buck with everybody whenever he's preaching something that we like. But let him get on something we don't like. Let me let me get down here to the home folks here and, and guests that are here. We are so glad you're here tonight, and 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 I know this is a bit strange. Please come back and give us another chance, and don't don't hold this church responsible for my actions. I, that's my disclaimer tonight. But uh, we, we'll we'll dance and we'll shout and we'll do all kinds of great things whenever he's hooping and hollering about miracles and divine healing and how God wants to support you and do for you and bless you financially and all that's great and good and we're we're all. We're all over the place and everything's great. Then whenever he gets up and says, you got to live right. And he starts defining what living right is by the word of God. And he says, you've got to walk right. And you've got to talk right. And you've got to be right. Not just when you're in this church, but when you're in your life. That's a dividing line for some people. And, and let me tell you, so I know we're living in dark times, but the darker it is out there, the brighter the light of the church should shine. And the light of the church is going to shine through our support and the blessing of us having a pastor to lead us through the darkness. Amen. I told you this morning, I can say all these things because I'm not your pastor. This is not... Birthed, I gave this this note this morning. I'll say it again for those of you that didn't those of you that didn't hear it, but this this Bible lesson, this message was not birthed out of frustration or observation or, or any complaints. Nothing like that. This was just birthed out of me talking to God. That, that's it. Moving on. Shepherds are protected. Sometimes being a shepherd, and this, this is a good segue from where we just came from. Sometimes being a shepherd means providing a word of caution, setting up a fence or a boundary. You know, not everything's a heaven or hell issue. And and this isn't in my notes, and I'm only going to go so deep here. uh, But the Bible supports this, what I'm about to say. It's found in the New Testament. But every pastor uh, has a specific leading from God for his assembly. And there are things that other churches may do that we do not do. Because pastor sees that it is not healthy for this body it doesn't make us better than those churches. Neither should it to this body make those churches more attractive. And if it does, you need to check your diet. Because eating some things that I don't like or that aren't suitable for my palate I know, Brother Zach McGee, they're still good for me. So, a word of caution that says, I think you need to steer away from this. Is it a sin? That's what people on a poor diet say. Is it a sin? No? Well, then I'm doing it. It's okay. But you're not in submission either. Got a little cold on that one. Pastor must protect the church from the negative influences of the world and from the temptation of the enemy. Acts 20 and verse number 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Because you see, he has to stand before God on judgment day and give an account for what he has done in overseeing you. So we're not up here joking around and just winging it. I can guarantee you he's not winging it. He spends too many hours in prayer and study. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. A few months ago, there was a notification that was made public, I believe, on Facebook. Of a new church that is coming to town here. Many people in awe. Oh, they run 900. They've got this program and that program, and they have resources, and they have things for children that we don't have, and they have this, and they have that, and they have this. Let me tell you something. I say this respectfully. We don't need another church in this city. I saw saw a response to a post that was given by a non-churchgoer that I thought was very, very well put. And the person said, the last thing Mount Carmel needs is another church. We've got almost 40 churches now. If people wanted to go to church, they would. Another church isn't going to fix that. Let me tell you what happens. If we're not careful, we'll be seduced by things that are not of truth, only because of bells and whistles and lights and flashing things. And there's only, Lord, have mercy and help me. There's only one thing that separates us from having better programs. I think the programs we've got are pretty good and they're suitable and they're they're God-driven. But we know, we admit, I'm speaking as administrative pastor right now. I know there are things that we want to do that we can't. Brother Fred, I've got five pages of notes of things that are visions from pastor that he wants to do. And we just can't. And there's only two reasons why. Two, that's it them. Two reasons why we can't. You've got to have people to do it. And within the body of people you do have, you've got to have people that are willing to say yes. And the people you do have have to give. You don't see big churches with all kinds of everything by accident. We were we were down at men's conference a few weeks ago at Brother Carpenter's Church, and I was just awestruck. I've seen it on, on webcast archives. Uh, they not only have a, a fantastic assembly in church, but they've got a, a top-notch TV program and, and internet webcasting that is second to none. It's... Uh, they've got camera systems that TV stations actually used to use. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, is, it is first class all the way. But I looked around that assembly, Bishop, as we were there, and, and I heard Brother Bishop Carpenter talking about how that they are to date $12 million invested in that assembly debt-free. Yeah. Go to FACTV.org if you have the Internet. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's an 80,000-square-foot facility all under one roof that includes a gym, a church, and a school, and a daycare. They're not fully moved in yet. They're still under construction because they don't want to be in debt, so they're paying for it as they go. But to date, $12 million. There is not one thing that separates those folks from you. Not one. Not one. Matter of fact, his first church, because they're in their third church as well. But his first church building was probably the same size or maybe a little smaller, I'm not sure, as our first one. When he took over pastoring there, I think there was 30 people there. Sounds pretty similar. Don't get seduced by this world. Don't don't get seduced by things that are not of God. Amen. Shepherds are comforters. I'll move on. They are with sheep in moments that they are afraid or uncertain. They keep watching the field with them through the night. Their presence provides a sense of security. The pastor is to bring comfort to his saints in times of grief, despair, uncertainty. I can't count the number of times that Pastor has, has, has been by our side in, in life over the past 10 years or so. And he was just there just to listen. And I just, Sister Margaret, I just spewed out my frustrations with life, things that I was upset about, hurt over, losing jobs, bad health, things that we all tend to go through, and he just listened. Listened and then prayed comforted 1st Thessalonians 5:14 says now we exhort you brethren warn them that are unruly there's the caution anyone in here who thinks you never get unruly you're wrong we all are subject to mistake Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. All right, now I want to turn your attention to the book of Psalms, chapter 23. And I have found the runway. I'm I'm coming in for a landing here pretty soon. Psalm 23 and verse number 1. The Bible says, and I am not going to read this in poetic form because this is better than that. But it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How is He my shepherd? He is my shepherd through my God called, God anointed pastor that He has put into my life to preach and to teach, direct, to rebuke, to support and to comfort me through this journey of life. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now let's, 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 let's think about this for a second. The shepherd uses... The rod and the staff. Thankful for Bishop's tools. Shepherd uses the rod and the staff. These are not just merely walking instruments for a frail, feeble man. These are tools. I can walk on my own two feet, but there's just something about having this in your hand. You just want to walk with it. We talked earlier about sheeps being wanderers and not having a good sense of direction. So that hook comes in handy. So when a sheep is getting ready to, you know it's coming, don't you? When a sheep's getting ready to stray, the shepherd just gives him a gentle hook and a nudge. Come back over here. And he comes back into the right direction. And he continues to walk and to monitor the sheep. And then he finds another fledgling that's weak in the knees because of leg day. And he pulls him back in because he doesn't have a good sense of direction. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort This is perhaps one of the best illustrations to prove that coming to church and serving God is not, never has been, and never will be solely about making me happy. I need a man of God who will tell me, Brother Mason, you're wrong. I don't need it, Sister Margaret, because I enjoy being told that because I don't. It's very counterproductive to my personality. I don't like being told I'm wrong because I think I'm right. (laughs) And if you need clarification on that, we can talk after church. I don't like being told I'm wrong. Sister Sharon, I know in my path of life, I've got someone I report to. I need that. I need that. It helps me keep my ego in check. Now don't you look at me with halo wings. Because it helps keep some of your egos in check too. But I am as what is termed in the Bible in one verse a man of authority and a man under authority. I'm actually kind of happy That on the hierarchy and the organizational chart of the church, that there's another layer between me and God. Thank you, Pastor. Love you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Good comfort in the staff. That's obvious. That's that's a a good one. Because it's helping protect me. It's bringing me back in. Because the wandering sheep... When you've got a group of sheep that's heading in the same direction together as a group, it's hard to penetrate that. But the one sheep that strays, that's when the wolf starts licking his lips and starts snarling his teeth and he starts feeling smelling the scent of blood and knowing, ah, I can get to that one. And right, oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Right before the wolf comes in, the wolf is symbolic of the devil in case you haven't caught that yet. Right before the wolf comes in, the shepherd sweeps over with his comforting staff and says, get over here boy. Get back in with the group where you belong. And then we're back into an unpenetrable group where a threefold cord is not easily broken. It's not me by myself. It's you with me, with you, with you, with you. As the body of Christ, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm not in this by myself. So the staff, I can feel really good about that. I feel really good. Just stay right there. Thy rod is mentioned. pick this up, I want to go into a baseball swing. the use of the rod by the shepherd keep verse, Brother Malone would you put verse number 4 back up there real good so we can just, I I want us to see that, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, note that that's a shadow it's not an actual valley of death, it's just a shadow keep walking, it's not going to hurt you I'll fear no evil because thou art with me. Why is he with me? Because I've got a shepherd. I've got a pastor. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I started with the staff on purpose because, well, you'll find out. The rod. Shepherd's rod. What's, what's he used that for? Brother Zach, Come here. Brother Zach is going to be our wandering stray sheep. Brother Zach's a good sheep. But he has a tendency to wander off. Listen to this. He wanders off so much that it takes the shepherd's attention off of the rest of the group too much. But the shepherd loves him so much that to protect him, he has to help protect him from himself. So, the shepherd, I'm not going to do it, so don't worry. The shepherd will take his rod and break the leg. Let me tell you something, a leg will heal. But a wounded spirit or a dead sheep. It's a bad place. But because Brother Zach is a repeat offender of wandering. And you all know that he's not. That's why I can use him so easily. But because he's a repeat offender and every time pastor has to take his attention off of everyone just to put on him then he's at risk of having other sheep wonder because we wonder easily and if we don't have someone leading the group to say this way if we don't have someone saying come this way we don't have that leadership or that guidance or that direction then we're going to do our own thing So because of the repetitive nature, he cracks the leg and breaks the leg so that he can no longer wander off. But then watch what the shepherd does. He picks him up. I'm not picking you up. He picks him up and puts him over his shoulder. And he says, it's going to be all right. I only did that to save you. I only did that to protect you. Every time Pastor preaches something to you that you don't like, you need to you need to to just, just tell your flesh to get over it and stand up and say, preach it. Why? Because he's saving your life. Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Say amen anyway. Let me tell you, just because you don't agree don't mean you're right. So, thy rod and thy staff. Comfort me. How can I find comfort when he's wounded me? He didn't wound you. He protected you. When you, when you get mad and you feel like your feelings are hurt and you're offended because 2017 generation is an ultra-sensitive society and you're like, I can't believe he said that. He shouldn't be saying that to me. Let me tell you something. In the Word of God and with all the love I can muster tonight, we need to get over it. Because I find comfort in the rod. I find comfort in the staff. Why? Why? because he's protected me because he sees off in the distance what is that bishop what, what is, is is that a dog is that a puppy oh he's so cute that's the allurement of the devil things look good to us from a distance then the closer you get to it visions a little blurry He's got four legs and a tail. Oh, he looks so sweet. He's just wagging his tail. He's not wagging his tail because he's sweet. He's wagging his tail because he's hungry. And he's not a dog. He's a wolf. He's not a wolf. That's the devil. Also known in the word of God as a wolf in sheep's clothing. We must be alert to make sure that everybody that's with us as a sheep is actually a sheep. I get comfort in the rod and the staff. Lord, I've preached long enough. I've got to land the plane. Come in the rod and the staff. Thank you for your tools, Bishop. Somebody say, I get comfort in the rod and the staff. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Why? Because they can't get to me. So I've got a pastor with a rod and a staff in front of me. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. First Kings chapter 19, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. But 1 Kings 19 and 21, we see... That Elisha ministered unto Elijah. Sometimes we need to minister to our pastor. So my question would be, are you ministering or hindering? Are you ministering or criticizing? The reason why some people spend too much time criticizing is because they're not busy enough. You get busy in kingdom work, you won't have time to find out what you don't like. They spend all their spare time sitting on the sidelines trying to coach the team. You know, I love sports. I do. I I love sports. And if you don't, God bless you. Everybody has a right to. Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast.